we get older as a people, more and more adults start separating from that little kid, not realizing that adults are deteriorated children yes. who have forgotten their way inside of their own body. One small step for man. Lift off. We, we have a Thank you for joining us for today's Super You Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Qualman. Most of you know me as Equal Man. Today, that was the voice of Garen Jones, and I'm going to read his story because it's unbelievable, the ups and downs, this journey. I'm going to read it in his voice. So I was born in Houston, Texas on July 3rd, 1979, when I was only four years old. A man tried to kill me, that's right, kill me, by putting me in a dryer and telling me I was going to Disneyland. That's about the time when I stopped trusting people. That same year, my parents separated, and at the age of four, I was forced to choose which parent I wanted to live with. When I was 12 years old, after living with my father, my father was murdered. I felt like half of me was taken away. As you can imagine, my grades started slipping, and I was getting into trouble in the streets, and I was in and out of juvenile detention for two years. But then I switched high school so I could focus on my work more. My grades began to improve, but I still lacked direction. I began stripping and was still breaking into houses and also cars. At the age of 18, I left for LA, Los Angeles, California. It was the most difficult time of my life because it was the most fast-paced than what I was used to living. And then I read my first book, cover to cover. It was called The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. Shortly after that, my life did start to change. I found something I loved and began modeling. The next thing I knew, I was showing up in magazines, billboards, and music videos. I even played Beyonce's love interest in her Jumpin' Jumpin' Destiny's Child music video. But then, in 2002, I started to backslide. And I went to prison because I stopped reading. I started getting back into old habits. I began smuggling drugs, which led me to doing time in prison for two and a half years. Towards the end, I started reading The Power of Positive Thinking again. Then I signed a $500,000 record deal with Ludacris. I started writing songs. This created opportunities that I ultimately walked away from thinking I could go alone. That was in 2007. Then in 2009, I fell on hard times again and began to live in my car. I left the record label and things went downhill fast. I lived in my car for two and a half years. It was over $200,000 in debt. During this time, I started reading The Power of Positive Thinking again. It was at this point that I'd hit a point in my life where I couldn't get any worse. I couldn't get any worse. So I threw my hands up and yelled, okay, okay, I'm tired of fighting. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. I want to be surrounded by positive people. I want to inspire people. I want to make a bunch of money, but I want the money to represent something I believe in. Just show me a sign. That sign came one week later. I was at a gas station and a homeless man asked me for money. I told him that he had more money than me. He then said something I will never forget. He said, change your mind change your life. It was the biggest epiphany of my life. From that moment, I started doing everything I wouldn't normally do in areas of my life where I wasn't happy. 
It was at this point I was able to turn things around. I started my business and it became so successful. I was able to retire my mom and put her through fashion school. This had been her dream since she was young, but she gave it all up to raise me and my brother. And I met my soulmate and got married and we bought a house and have built a home. And now in 2020, my first book ever was published. I wrote the best-selling book called Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life. And now my mission or purpose in life is to create a safe space for people to discover the gifts that already live inside them so they can use those gifts to produce extraordinary results in their lives. Wow, what a journey. And I know a lot of you listeners out there, you're on a similar journey. There might be different paths in the woods, but they all end up in similar spots. And that's what the Super You Podcast is all about. That's why Garen Jones is a great guest to have on because this podcast is all about how do I unlock and unleash that superpower that's within me. For some of you, you might be going through hard times just like Garen did. Others, it might be you're not going through hard times, but you haven't gotten that spark or you haven't figured out how to unlock and unleash that superpower and put it out there in the world. And it might be that you haven't taken that step and understand that if you don't take a step forward, you'll still be standing in the place where you are. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. So I think you're going to get a lot out of today's episode. So we're going to get into it. We're going to get really some really seven powerful insights from Garen Jones starting right now. If there's one thing about this story, it's about your resiliency. How do we, how do our listeners, how do all of us become more resilient? Honestly, it's my willingness to get back up and, um, I want to owe a lot of credit to my brother. I had a big brother who was, he weighed a lot more than me. And all we did was wrestle every single day. And I'd lose every single day. And he's like, get back up, get back up. So my brother, and especially when MMA came out, and then we just always wrestling and doing all kinds of things. But he was a much bigger dude. So imagine me. 60 pounds and he's 150 pounds and he's just laying on me. So that along with, and I didn't know that that was training me to always just get back up in the face of a giant mountain, you know? So my brother being the giant mountain from when I was a little kid all the way up until uh, graduating high school trained me for my hardships without me even knowing it because I was always getting back up, getting back up. My father was murdered when I was 12 years old. I was unconsciously, just got to find a way to get back up, get back into the flow of things. Um, you know, my house got broken into and they they burned down um, my my house and my mom didn't have insurance. So we literally lost everything. And I watched my mom get back up. So everybody around me always had this resilience to just keep going. I never heard complaining or why is this happening to me? I heard tears. And then my mom always found a way to get back up. My brother made me get back up when we were fighting. And then when life lifed me, like that, don't you? <laughs> when life lifed me and these hardships would come, I would already domesticated to always get back up. So if I take it all the way back, I know I was a born warrior spirit 
and no, I was, I know there's somewhere in my ancestral lineage was warriors and fighters, but like a whole different caliber of fighter. Um, and my relentlessness to always keep going in the face of anything that shows up, I think is at, it's at the, the nature and the core of what has me to keep moving forward where most people crumble. Brene Brown talks about being vulnerable. It's all about making sure we accept our vulnerabilities. It's all about being open and being vulnerable. Walk us through that. Well, here's the thing. This is why I became a high-paid storyteller. Because when I share my story, now people start thinking about their story and what it could be. So now my vision becomes a possibility and they're like, wow. Mm. So I, I loan my eyes out. I loan my eyes out. So yeah. borrow my eyes. And then they start seeing, because you can't be what you can't see. Because then they start seeing what's possible. I didn't know, I didn't know that when I was a, a, a senior, I mean, when I was a freshman in high school and I saw a varsity letterman's jacket for the first time, I didn't know that I could get that before becoming a senior. I'm like, what's that? They're like, oh, you got to be a senior to get that. And I was like, well, how do you get it soon? sooner well you have to be good enough hmm. well in the summertime because i saw it and i wanted it i want the letter on the jacket instead of playing all summer i had private coaches i was doing different things than the other average kids were doing next thing all of a sudden i was way better than a lot of people and then they promoted me to varsity as a sophomore and i got my letterman's jacket <laughs> but i had to see it so when people see what embodiment, courage, true freedom, authenticity, expression, vulnerability expressed not in the lens of weakness, but in the lens of power, what that looks like, people start saying, me too, mm. me too. And I've seen it. I've seen it. When I coach, when I, when people who read my book and people who come to me that I've never met before, they're like, Man, I didn't, I didn't even know that it was, that it was even possible to represent a stature where you can be f really fully expressed and not care what people think until I saw you walk around and, and at first I thought it was fake, but then I followed you for five years mm -hmm. and you have not budged not one, one millimeter. Mm -hmm. In every single interview, it's like typically you can see the cracks. You're the, you've been promoting the same message. And then as you evolve, you've been promoting the same message. Then I watched you. I went to one of your events and I sat all the way in the back. Let me see him off stage. Let me see him off. You're the real deal. And so I pride myself off of simply being authentically expressed, even in my weaknesses, there's still power there. How can one learn to express themselves freely like you have? You hear people, they'll say, oh, you're stupid, or you're dumb, and you're this, and you're that, and, and then all of a sudden you hear a song long enough, you start singing the song. So if you hear names from other people and society for long enough, it seeps into your subconscious mind, and then all of a sudden, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, there's something wrong with my skin color, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. And that leads to the loss of self because 
at the conception stage, that's where the gold is. It's like a baby being born into love and everything else after that is learned. But then, you know, you, you hear these little kids that are like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a superhero. I'm strong and I'm powerful. And then it just fades away. So when you intentionally tell yourself who you are, it's almost, but from a positive narrative, it's reminding yourself of who you've always been, but like when you remove that negative stuff and you're like, I'm strong, I am powerful, I am beautiful inside and out, I am successful in every area of my life and keep telling it, then your body starts to adjust to that vibration, that vibration and frequency. Why is it so important for us to have a feedback loop? Why is it so important for us to ask for feedback and not only ask for that feedback, but be open to receiving that feedback and not immediately shutting it down or view it as a criticism? There are two phrases that I often say is you can't change what you're not aware of. And even if there is change, you won't be able to articulate it. And if you can't articulate it, you can't teach it. And if you can't teach it, you don't experience exponential growth. And so you can't, one, you can't change what you're not aware of. And then two, you can't see the picture while you're in the frame. So having people in your life that don't just say yes, oh my God, you're so amazing, even when it's not amazing. Having actual people in your life that will stand for your higher self and hold accountable and hold the light, but also tell you when you're, when you're off course, given your permission, of course, but I ask for it. I ask, I ask for, I don't call it feedback, but, but for feed forward, because a lot of times you can't see what other people see. That was something that early on, I got, I leaned in and most people, they're afraid of feedback. They're like, oh, and he said this and he said that. Here's one thing I want to invite each and everybody out there. Every time you do a talk, every time you do a project, every time you do something where you're expressing yourself or you're showing yourself, ask for feedback. Ask for feed forward. Because there will be some nuggets inside. And ask somebody who won't just like, just tickle your feathers. Like ask somebody who's like a straight up person. And don't be afraid of what they share because all it is is information that you can either do something with or not. I learned early on in my transformation, there were people that just stood for me and they stood for my higher self. And they were just, they, they held me into that. They were like, it didn't land for me. Okay, why didn't it land for you? And be really curious about your journey. It was like, okay, why, why didn't this work? Why didn't this work for you? Most people don't want to hear that. So I just want to give people, this is a, this is one of my secret sauces. I will always ask, ask for feedback. I will always ask the questions inside of the questions. And when somebody says, Oh my God, that, that, that inspired me so much. Anybody who knows me, I'll always say, what exactly inspired you? And then when they share it, that's when you make a mental note because they're giving you a verbal reflection of what's inside of your picture that you may or may not be able to see. And the more and more of that you can get, the more and more you can see of yourself through other people's eyes that you trust. 
How do we avoid letting setbacks or when we fall down, how do we avoid letting that stop us? There was a moment where uh, at the time my spiritual advisor, Monica Zanz, had, she said, I want you to write a letter from your big self to your little self. And I didn't know where she was going with this. Just apologizing to him for abandoning little Garen. And uh, there were parts where and I told her, I said, you know, I was ashamed of my past. And so I moved to LA so that I could run away and make a fresh new start. I even changed my name. I went from Garen to my middle name, Stefan, Steph Jones. And, but all of that was, was out of shame mm. and guilt and escaping. And she said, write a letter from your big self, big Steph to little Garen and apologize to him for abandoning him. And when you're done with that letter, switch to your non-dominant hand, which I already knew what the, the non-dominant hand thing did because I did it in, in prison. Every time I worked, wrote with my non-dominant hand, it operated a different part of my brain. So she said, switch to your non-dominant hand and then write a letter from little Garen to big Steph. And whatever emotions want to come out, just allow it. I wasn't prepared for how many emotions I stuffed down from childhood. Stuffed down being molested when I was 13. Stuffed down having to decide when my mom forced me to decide which parent I want to go with as my parents were separating. Choose. We, you have 30 minutes to pack your bags at four. Mm. Um, have to decide being, uh, um, you know, being bullied. All of these things, I stuffed down these emotions. So when I wrote the letter from little Garen to big Steph, my nervous system unlocked years and years of guilt, shame, abandonment, and I was cursing and I was crying and screaming at my big self for leaving me. You effing left me. You left me by myself. And I, I, I didn't know this was, so I didn't know what to do. My body was shaking. And then when I was done with that letter, and I was like, oh my God, I abandoned the real me. The real, I was born Garen Stefan Jones. Why would I even abandon that name? Because nobody else has that name. So I went on social media when the world knew me as Stefan and Steph. And I wrote, I wrote on social media, this is before I had all these followers or anything. You think you know me? You have no idea. You know this, this, and this, and this, and this. That's because I told you. But what you don't know is I've cheated on every girlfriend I ever had. Right now I'm living in my car, sleeping in an abandoned building, sleeping on bubble wrap, uh, sleeping in my storage unit. Um, uh, I, I'm, I, I've, been, I've been homeless um, I, I always try to cut corners and things like that. And this is not where I'm going to stay within five years. I'm going to retire my mom within five years. I'm going to, I'm going to be a, um, um, a seven figure earner. And then on the post, I wrote this on Facebook on the post in the comment section, people were laughing. They're like talking about me. They're saying all these negative things, but the emails I got. The very first email I got was from a celebrity that 
I don't even know. I didn't even know they knew who I was, but somebody must have shared the message and I wasn't getting lots of likes and comments at that time. There were seven pages of emails within one hour. And the first message I got, and this is to answer your question, was from a celebrity who I thought made it big. Said, how did you have the strength to share your story? I read your testimony and I put the gun down. And I was like, whoa, what just happened? And I felt something grow inside of me. Five messages later, somebody shared your story and I was on my way to drive my car off a bridge. I didn't drive my car off a bridge. Thank you for your courage. In that moment, I knew that I was representing for the voiceless. I became the voice of the voiceless. And I said, I know exactly why I'm here. Now I know exactly why I went through all of those things. Because every single person that represents different aspects of my life that are going through something deep and they've never shared it with anybody, I became a light in the world of their darkness. You've helped so many people, especially in the artistic world. You talk about unleashing your inner artist. I just, I always take it back to the little kid. You know, it's, I remember when I was a little kid, I loved to sing, I loved to dance. Time wasn't of the essence. And I had unlimited resources of energy. And I feel that as we get older as a people, more and more adults start separating from that little kid, not realizing that adults are deteriorated children who have forgotten their way inside of their own bodies. I, part of my, the biggest part of my transformation was reconnecting with little Garen mm. and honoring what he always wanted, what made him happy. And I call that the artist. I call that, that the little kid with unlimited passion and power and energy and excitement and joy and just wants to play and is so curious and discovers life. That is like a seed that most people are missing. You know, you come around so many people, they have all the cars and the, the girls and the guys and the money and they're like, but I feel like something is missing. In my opinion, I think it's the, the aspect of that little kid that's inside of them, which I call kid, equals artist. So I, I, I coined this phrase called artist power, and that's using the power of the little kid inside of you. So I teach people how to awaken the artist within who has so much to share and give to the world, but we stuff it down. I think I should do this to fit inside of this peer gr group and this person sees me this way. So I'm going to make a shell of myself. And if the shell of myself looks like who you want me to look like, then I'm further separating myself from the real me. It's like a jail cell inside of a jail cell inside of a jail cell. It starts with mom and dad. You shouldn't do this. You should do that. You yes. shouldn't do that. We don't do things like that. Well, this runs in the family. This runs in the family. This runs in the family. I'm like, well, I do have my own heart. I have, mm. I have these thoughts, me and my ancestors. But like really, when you really think about it, would you want to live in a world where you are exactly like everybody. No, 
there would be no room for uniqueness. Right. No artistry. And it, it, artistry doesn't necessarily mean painting and singing and dancing. You have, when you're born, you're giving a, a blank canvas for your life. And you can paint it any way you want. The way I see it, your gifts are the paint. But then what happens is other people come into your life and then they steal that part of you. And then you give your power away and you use other people's paint on your canvas, not even realize that that's pastel base and you are meant for oil-based painting. And if you don't know anything about painting, you don't put pastels on oil-based painting. You put oil-based paint on oils, on oil, on an oil palette. You put pastel palette for pastels. So it's like living outside of a box that was never yours to begin with. And this is what I come up against, or that this is the challenge that I face every day. I can speak to somebody within two minutes and know if they're living truly from their authentic expression or someone else's. There's a lot of things we can do, but if you were to boil it down to one trait for success, what, what would that one trait be? Honestly, the, the ability to love no matter what. The ability to love no matter what, because I came from such a hateful environment and I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on while I was in insecurity. I don't love myself. I have a high um, hairline. I'm gonna be bald by the time I'm 20 and that's all I'm hearing, my slightly crooked nose. I don't love myself. I don't love my body. So I'm just eat all this food. Like coming from that environment and then learning to love every aspect of myself, whether you like it or not, and just truly learning to love myself and then being in a situation where I was in business with someone that had a very similar, very similar path and very similar growth of success, but it seemed like something was holding us both down. And I remember one day we were going on a retreat and I looked in the mirror and I said, you know what, him being a friend of me has nothing to do with me being a friend of him. So I'm just going to love no matter what. And I remember saying that and something leaped out of my chest. It was like this weird, thick. And I felt light. I felt very different. Now that day I posted, and this is before I was getting thousands of likes and thousands of shares. That day I posted something on Facebook. I tagged maybe 48 people and got maybe 30 something likes. That's when nobody was messing with your boy. <laughs> And that weekend when we went on that trip, I was like, you know, him being a friend of me has nothing to do with me being a friend of him. So I'm just going to love no matter what. And I'm just going, no one state, no one, I will never give anyone else permission to change who I am. And when I just made that decision to love no matter what, even if you hurt me, I know deep down inside that that's not really you. And just to come from, from the place of loving no matter what and really being able to ex accept people for who they are, how they are and how they are not without any expectation whatsoever. Three days later, I went on Facebook and I posted the exact same message, but I didn't tag anybody, but I felt 
different. Feeling is the secret. I felt different. Where I was coming from, saying the exact same thing. I posted and it was like 475 likes. Like within like an hour. I'm like, what the hell happened? I was speaking to my life coach at the time, Monica Zanz. And she was like, well, what did you do different? I was like, well, I had this conversation. She was like, she was like, you released hate from your heart. And that was the grip hold that you had, resentment, like what it takes to hold on. Remember I told you, we're not created to be keepers, we're created to be givers. You and I, we can't hold that water, it's gotta come out. Can't hold, like all that stuff you hold on to, and I was holding on to resentment. But the power that it takes to hold on to resentment is the same power that's needed to sustain at the next level. And I didn't even know that I was holding on to the, the universe of the next level inside of that resentment. When I let that go, anything that I was a part of tripled in, within three months. And people are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I was the only thing I did was just like release the resentment that was inside. Love. It's so simple yet so powerful. And we often forget that. And people might not know this, but the number one hashtag, do you know what the number one hashtag in the world is? This always makes me feel happy. It puts a smile on my face when I see this because there's a lot, a lot going on in the world. We watch the news. It is crazy. But the number one hashtag in the world is actually L-O-V-E. Love. Gotta love that. Four-letter word. Love. L-O-V-E. And as many of you know about Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers always wanted to weigh 143 pounds. That was his thing. Every day he weighed himself at the YMCA, went swimming, and he weighed himself at the YMCA in Pittsburgh. And he always just wanted to weigh 143. Why? Because that's the signal, that's the symbol for I love you. 143. 143. I love you. I love all you listeners out there. I love our great team here at Equal Man Studios that make the Super You podcast possible. It's Jake Bryn, Maritza Gutierrez, and also Kelsey Gomez. Thank you so much for giving us those five-star reviews. There's so many people now downloading this podcast that allows us to have bigger budgets, allow to bring more items to you that hopefully help you in some small way and eventually, hopefully, some big ways. But again, this is your host, Eric Qualman, reminding you, look, we're all superheroes. We just need to have that courage to wear the cape. And until next time, this is Equal Man reminding all of us, it's not what we take from the world, it's what we leave behind. Seven. Six. Five. Four, three, two, one. Super, 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 super you. 